This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Interviews. Hello and welcome to another episode of News Laundry Interviews. I'm Snigdha and today we have with us Mr. Govin Etheraj. Mr. Etheraj has been a journalist for over 25 years. He's the founder of boomlive.in, a fake news busting website. And he also founded indiaspend.org, a data-driven public interest journalism outfit. He also founded factchecker.in, which keeps an eye on media, politicians and other public figures for accuracy. Most recently, Mr. Etheraj has been at the helm of India Fact Quiz, an initiative supported by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, powered by DataBuzz. Hello, Govind, and welcome to News Laundry. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, so, Govind, tell me, uh, as a data journalist, what drove you to start a fact-checking website like Boom Live? Uh, you know, so actually, uh, your uh, uh, your question actually sort of contains the answer. I mean, right from the beginning, we've been focused on using data and evidence to tell stories right. in the larger public interest. So, and and the and the vision or mission in some ways is to say, how do we improve the quality of public discourse in this country? Mm-hmm. And one way you can do that is to say, uh, is to let's say inject some amount of data in our daily discourse. So, hopefully, when you have more data, then the quality of our conversations improves the quality uh, of uh, or the manner in which we demand accountability and better governance improves and hopefully all of that will lead to a better uh, country for all of us and and that's really the idealistic objective right. so when fr- from the time we started india spend we focused on using data and evidence in everything we do as mm-hmm. or as a starting point to tell stories mm-hmm. so fact checker followed in a way logically from that because yeah. uh, the next thing as you uh, as you as you do data journalism is to say how can i you know uh, look at statements that are made by people in public life and cross check that with data that's already available so yes. if a certain person in public life makes a claim about uh, any claim it could be to do with how much power has been generated or how many toilets have been built or whatever then you say okay does this claim uh, hold up against the data that person's own department or government has provided right. so it's a way of reinforcing or rechecking something that's been said and it also helps put things in context sometimes the person may have said whatever that person or politician may have claimed yeah. uh, or the past person in public life may have been have claimed may be correct yeah. but the context may be uh, missing or the context may have, could provide a slightly better understanding so right. this was fact checking now in 2016 uh, as many of us noticed uh, a new phenomenon started uh, developing what we subsequently or in retrospect started calling uh, misinformation mm-hmm. or fake news and fake news flows differently from fact checking because in fact checking you're looking at people who are in public life and therefore are visible to you right. and these are people you can reach out to to check something and verify and question journalistically if need be mm-hmm. when it comes to busting fake news or fighting misinformation there is in most cases there is no individual uh, that you can see it all happens uh, in in the in literally in the nether regions of uh, the internet True. it uh, travels through platforms like whatsapp which are end to end encrypted and or even if it's on social media sometimes you don't know what the source is and whether it can be even verified to the extent that that source uh, exists so what you're dealing with is, is a completely different phenomenon which is far more intangible and therefore requires a different approach right. which combines more of technology uh, and tools and some research and of course uh, classic journalism so to that extent busting fake news or misinformation is quite different from the other two 
True. So, uh, Govind, it seems like in effect quiz seems like a natural progression. Can you tell us about how, uh, why you started it, and what is the yeah. reason behind it? Yeah. So, uh, you know, so India Fact Quiz is a is an initiative. I mean, it's not a it's not uh, uh, it's not it's not a journalistic endeavor in that sense. It's a right. it's a subset of what we are doing journalistically elsewhere. Now, so if any problem, you know, has a supply and demand. Now, when we hmm. look at uh, data and evidence, what we've been doing so far is uh, working on the supply side, saying that I will do stories which have data in them, so that. Uh, you know, when you read them, you will have a better appreciation of what we're trying to say. And hopefully that will help you in your own conversations and so on. So that is mm. from our side. The other way to solve uh, or address these issues is to look at it from the demand side, saying that, okay, how, how can I make you more aware of something by actually engaging you in a process where you're testing your own uh, sense of knowledge or biases right. uh, and improving uh, your understanding of, of the issue conceptually or yeah. of all these issues conceptually. So by participating in this quiz, as uh, and maybe you have to some extent, mm -hmm. uh, you have a better understanding of what we're trying to say by being part of the process, as opposed to my telling you that, no, go read this article because huh. it has a better appreciation of, let's say, uh, 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 gender imbalance or uh, uh, malnutrition mm -hmm. amongst uh, young children in this country and so on. So that's really the idea. So the, the quiz is a way to uh, engage you directly, uh, particularly if you're younger, right. uh, is to make you part of the process and uh, understand that I, I'm, uh, if I make you part of the process, then in a way I'm solving the problem or at least addressing the problem at a much larger scale. Right. So Govin, since you've uh, started the quiz, you know, you've uh, been interacting with a lot of uh, young uh, children, college kids, right? Um, yeah. According yeah. to you, what what is their level of awareness? I mean, do you have hope? And uh, do you also think that the newer generation, you know, since they've grown up with the internet, do you think they have this inbuilt sort of instinct against misinformation? And uh, how can you develop it with, uh, you know? Yeah, that's a, it's, a, it's a very good question. So my sense is, and this is more anecdotal than anything else, hmm. is that uh, young younger people or younger Indians are definitely more skeptical of uh, what they see on platforms like WhatsApp, let's say, because maybe they see their own family members uh, spreading something and distributing something which uh, to them uh, does not appear real. But... Uh, uh, um, uh, yeah, and, and, and therefore, I think uh, uh, they are maybe more, uh, maybe good ambassadors for the cause. Right. But And overall, I would say the response uh, to this and what we've been looking at the back end, I think a lot of people. So, you know, in most of these things, there are two kinds of people who participate. There hmm. are some who are outright, you know, uh, diehard quizzers, yeah. you know, love quizzing, who want to uh, participate, who want to compete and so on. And right. they will always cue the results in some ways. Huh. And the others are people who participate because they want to test themselves in a very general way. And we are seeing right. both because even the quiz, the way it's structured is that uh, you can participate in the quiz without necessarily competing in it. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what we want you to do. We want you to participate even up to one level or two levels so that you can use that to improve your own knowledge and also understand what we are trying to say. 
of course, if you're a slightly more diehard quizzer or you like competing in these kind of things, mm-hmm. and that may most likely happen if you're in college or thereabouts, yeah. then you would actually uh, then you would actually participate and uh, go up to higher level. So both work for us, and we are seeing a lot of response in both categories, which is uh, die the more sort of diehard quizzers. Yeah. I mean, I don't know they're diehard. I'm just sort of interpreting that from the data we're seeing, uh-huh. uh, and as well as people uh, who are just taking part. and uh, you know trying to test themselves okay govin can you quickly take us through the format of the quiz uh, because it starts uh, online right and yeah. then so the, co- the quiz is actually divided into two phases the first is online which is on right now mm-hmm. as in uh, people visiting indiafactquiz.com and participating in the quiz and uh, moving through those uh, levels The second phase is uh, we will obviously start eliminating and uh, uh, bringing in students who are in uh, bringing in students and young people, and uh, then uh, going into uh, an offline phase where we will have uh, five quiz competitions uh, in five colleges in five different parts of the country, yeah. with a final uh, one of them being the finals in Delhi. So there is a online which leads to offline, and we are currently see. in the online phase. I see. Uh Govind my next question is um for a regular consumer of news uh, especially digital right encountering and fighting fake news is almost like a daily struggle you know so can you give us a few uh, tips or habits that you know we should inculcate as a practice to avoid fake news or misinformation Yeah so I I think uh, you know so th- uh, let me uh, take you I mean I I think it would really be two phases I think the first phase is to say how can I be generally more aware of the uh, of facts hmm. uh, or data or e- data and evidence as a philosophy right? right and that's what this quiz for instance is trying to do right. the second part and like let me give you some example so suppose we say uh, women live longer than men in india false hmm. or true right yeah. so uh, if i would i don't know what you would say if i would ask you that i question. would say true okay you're right and uh, and you know some and 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 the thing is uh, this question is something that makes you think and when you look around you at least and when i did when i looked around in my own family mm. i found that you know most most women have lived longer and even today are living longer than their male spouses right you know uh. so uh, and and then suddenly you realize that uh, you know what is happening in a microcosm around you is actually also true at a macro level and vice versa right you know so uh, here's another example you know india has more young people than uh, any other country in the world mm-hmm. now uh, the it is true india does have more young people but yeah. and sometimes uh, you the context is also interesting that we have more than 300 million young people in this country which is bigger than the population of the united states and and when you see that context it puts a lot of things in perspective compared to maybe uh, you know uh, what you thought earlier Uh, uh-huh. then if you look at let's say issues around environment uh, you know uh, hmm. is temperature rising is temperature falling yeah. so suppose the question is india's annual temperature in the last century has remained more or less the same mm-hmm. so is it true or not now the uh, the those who are let's say people in actively sort of uh, agitating for climate uh, on climate issues yeah. may say no no it's false it's been rising huh. but the fact is that the annual temperature in the last cent- uh, century has remained more or less the same so it's true wow okay so uh, so the thing is so you, and and this is based obviously on data and so mm-hmm. on so uh, you you use these things to kind of build a sense of what is right and what is wrong or more importantly teach yourself not to believe anything at first uh, at first glance yeah 
and um, that's more critical which brings me to the second part of it when hmm. uh, and and to answer your question as well which is how do you you know engage with content hmm. and what i would always say is that you know build highly specialist sources of content i mean for instance let's say if you like science then go to science.com or you know uh, the uh, or or uh, uh, scientific american because you like science or medicine right or if you are more specifically focused on medicine and many of us are one way or the other mm-hmm. go to the journal of american medicine you know or go to the british medical journal mm-hmm. and form your opinions based on original articles there don't go to any website on uh, which comes up on a google search and start uh, researching uh, like many people would be right now because right. of uh, coronavirus yeah so the thing is either develop specialist uh, sources of information of your own and i'm no one to tell anyone what it should be but make sure that they are specialist and they are highly credible mm-hmm. and otherwise do not uh, uh, form opinions on the basis of whatever else you're consuming and treat it treat all information including news with some degree of skepticism right. and at all times you know and more so that uh, uh, information or posts that are sent to you in your uh, social media platforms mm-hmm. or on your social media platforms including uh, uh, platforms like a whatsapp and so on where things come to you from people you know yeah. so i think uh gen- develop a high degree of skepticism and maybe respect uh and combine that with developing specialist sources and overall i think uh, be very careful that the internet is a very very broad uh, is is very wide uh, there are parts of it which are completely unregulated and uh, so is information that is unregulated and therefore you should uh, you know like you would in the older days go to a library and pull out pull out a book because yeah. you know that that book has been recommended uh you i uh, you should do the same thing on the internet right. uh, and everything that the internet drives which in whether it's social commerce and yeah. uh, or e-commerce right. or or social engagement so basically you have to make a little effort i mean i think you have to make a lot of yes. effort otherwise you are the one who is going to uh, who's going to suffer at the end of the day because uh, it's your knowledge and your exactly. thinking that will get distorted right uh since you mentioned coronavirus uh, govin uh you know there's so many biases and myths that uh, you know people perceive as the truth when it comes to health and gender education right and the most recent example is coronavirus you know we have leaders going around saying cow dung cow urine and yoga can keep you safe from the virus um in such a scenario how can data and evidence be used to fight this misinformation on a large scale yeah so uh, i mean it's a very uh, important but yet tricky question to answer because uh, this is a virus that is still spreading mm-hmm. i think uh, in general whenever it's to do with uh, health and medicine issues uh, we always say that please consult your general physician or yeah. your family doctor right. and uh, go with their advice because one is that you know as you know coronavirus does not affect everyone equally i mean a, a, a child may not get affected by it at all uh or, uh, or uh, nothing may happen even if uh, you know exposed whereas someone much older might be more affected and i think that's what the data is showing from other parts of the world right. so uh, there is uh, i mean the fact is that it cannot be cured as we know today mm. uh, the fact is that there is no medicine that can really uh, prevent it from happening as we know today mm-hmm. uh, there is no vaccine that we know of right now uh while this might all change in coming days as a lot of research starts happening and so on uh, yeah. and therefore uh, your best of uh, you know getting advice from your family doctor and or your family general physician and i think that's the best way to deal with any such thing whether it's 
coronavirus or any other problem that you are not able to figure out and right. please do not go to google and start searching yeah <laughs> also okay my next question govind uh, yeah, for also, people uh, you know yeah. the other thing in, uh, on coronavirus uh, i mean since i did mention specialist sources huh. uh, follow what the world health organization uh and uh, uh, the C- center for disease control in america are saying i think uh, what they're putting out including uh, steps to prevent and uh, uh, you know yeah s- uh, steps to sort of take care of yourself are perhaps the most uh, authentic right now right uh govin my next questions about data literacy for a lot of people it's a new term they don't understand it so can you can you explain for lay people and uh, why is it so important for the youth right now I think it's important for everyone not just the youth. I yeah. think it's about uh, saying that numbers matter because they allow you to assess a situation more rationally they would uh, then let's say using emotion. You know. Right. So if you say that uh, like I said I mean how many whether it's how many young people are in this country or how many schools we have or uh, you know do you know that uh, almost 25% of women contribute to gdp in this country and that this number has risen dramatically mm-hmm. uh, in the last uh, 10 years or so i mean all these can change the way you think right. you know if you thought more all women in this country sit at home and uh, you know uh, are are homemakers you're wrong mm-hmm. because the, their contribution to direct contribution to gdp has, is growing at a dramatic pace right. you know Mm-hmm. so the reason that data these data points become important is because they can shape important opinions or important thoughts in your mind and in in the minds of society around you right. you know when you you know when you acknowledge this then automatically uh, you will acknowledge that something is changing uh, either in society or on the ground and therefore the way you respond to situations in future may change right. the way you respond to let's say uh, uh, the way you define your workplace or the laws that frame uh, that you uh, have in uh, in your workplace will change because you acknowledge that more and more women are joining the workforce mm-hmm. so therefore uh, we have to do something i mean it's another issue that women are also dropping out of the workforce but uh but that's a different issue from the fact that people that overall women have been uh, increasingly women have been becoming part of the workforce so as an example i'm saying there are many huh. such examples which uh, which uh, affect or uh, play have a play in the our fundamental view or approach to a certain issue right. societally govin uh, you know most people we so used to using data when it comes to data people just use it to you know um basically drive home whatever opinion they have right yeah yeah uh, how do you change that perspective so you can't i mean the thing is i mean i see it as a, a multi layer uh, process i think the first layer is that some data is being used in that process obviously some each person will use the data to their advantage mm-hmm. but i think even then you've raised I, the quality of discussion by one layer level the next mm-hmm. level is to say that okay now data in context mm-hmm. and uh, you know can is that context uh, is that context relevant so i'll give you another example you know i was mm-hmm. looking at uh, a story uh, in uh, i think it was in business today magazine uh, some time ago mm-hmm. you know there's been a lot of discussion on foreign direct investment into this country yeah. and how it's gone up dramatically and all that mm-hmm. and then i said but you know it's true that let's say uh, between uh, 2013 and 2014 15 it's it's gone up mm-hmm. but then if you look at a 10 year graph say between 2009 and 2019 yeah. then you find that except for one year which is 2014 15 most years the numbers are more or less up and down i see okay you know mm-hmm. so uh, i'll i'll repeat that between 2000 you can actually go back even further you can go to 2007 8 huh. and uh, where it was 43 billion dollars 
and uh, $30 billion in 2018-19. Now, if I took any, if I took 2007-8 and if I took 2018-19, huh. I would say, oh, 2007-8, it used to be $43 billion and it's, so yeah. it was $30 billion last year, so it's fallen. Right. Which is not correct either because it's only in 2014-15 that we saw it shoot up to 70, $73 billion. But otherwise, the subsequent year was $31 billion, then the next year was $43 billion, the next year after that was $52 billion. Right. But... Uh, but in 2009-10, it was also $50 billion. Yeah, so, so it's been up and down. Context yeah. becomes critical and context in, can only become clear or evident when you expand the, expand the horizon. True, And true. do not look at it as year to year. So that is the next layer of, let's say, data literacy. And it has to be worked on more on the demand side. So hmm. when someone gives me a figure and says, oh, foreign direct investment crashed hmm. last year or it zoomed uh, uh, up in the last two years, then hmm. I would say, fine. Possible, but let yeah. me look at this data over 10 years rather than, uh, ah. you, uh, you know, me accepting that uh, the two-year data slice or one-year data slice. Yeah, that, that gives you a whole new perspective. Yeah. Right. Uh, Govin, uh, the UN's uh, strategic development goals are an important part of India Fact Quiz, right? Um, can you tell us why they're relevant to us in current times? Yeah, so I mean, uh, it's I'm not it's not you know UN strategy UN st- uh, uh, SDGs are a are like a directional uh, you know factor. I mean, they tell mm-hmm. you that these are some of the go- many of the, uh, these are the goals that the uh, uh, governments around the world have agreed to uh, you know adhere to right. and meet by a certain target. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, for us, it's one of the uh, guiding factors. It's not the only guiding factor because what we are guided by is what is most important to us in this country. Hmm. You know, and when you look at India, uh, the most foundational issues are education and health, at least the way we see it. Right. You know, so which is why you will find uh, many of the questions are around these issues and particularly health. True. So, true. Uh, and then on to gender and clean water and sanitation and so on. So it's in a way, I mean, the UN SDG is a good template to use. Uh-huh. But uh, it's it's I think I would say it's more a matter it's partly a matter of coincidence that we are also I mean many of our questions will reflect but they will but that will happen if you conduct a quiz like this in any country or right. most countries right 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 because you know the the I mean UN SDGs are uh, no poverty zero hunger uh-huh. quality education yes. gender equality uh, uh, life on land life below water and so on so. I mean, that's something that most countries would agree on. And if we say that we are building a quiz that is focused on foundational issues, inevitably you would focus on some uh, UN, uh, United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. But like I said, I think where we started from is that what are the most issues that are most critical to India Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, at this point of time and uh, build our questions around those. Okay. Uh, Govin, one one more question I have. Um, What happened to the hate tracker that you guys started? So the hate tracker, you know, we ran it. Uh, our objective was to highlight the uh, what we felt was a gap in the National Crime Records Bureau, which is to recognize crime by hate. Right. And uh, we devoted a certain amount of resources to running that uh, hate crime tracker. Hmm. And I think we reached a point where, one, we felt the message had been conveyed, that people hmm. acknowledged that there was a gap. Hmm. And now it's really up to the government uh, or the National Crime Records Bureau to figure out whether they want to include this as a category of uh, uh, crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, from our point of view, we didn't have the resources to continue to, uh, you know, put into fact check, I mean, checking or verifying every uh, reported crime. Mm-hmm. And uh, we felt that at some point this project had to, uh, you know, uh, it had to kind of end. And uh, the thing is, these kind of projects, because 
older crimes also keep coming up uh, you uh, you know so so let's say suppose we said okay march uh, march uh, 30th is the last day for this uh, project hmm. and on march 30th we stop updating it but the fact is that uh, in april uh, say so let's say the second week of april somewhat uh, a crime may be reported or a crime may be discovered which was committed in february yeah right so which means we'll have to go back and uh, re uh, re rejig the database right. so which means again keeping resources continuously on it so we uh-huh. decided that uh, we didn't have the resources and we moved on to other projects i mean all our projects whether it's uh, you know database projects like breathe which is mm. our air quality project that we ran in 2016 17 uh, the the uh, hate crime watch which we mm. ran uh, year before last and last yeah. year or protest monitor which we are running right now mm-hmm. they're all time bound you know i, I we don't have we're too small a team to have permanent resources devoted to uh, these things right. but we do assess it in terms of impact and whether it's uh, uh, helped bring about some kind of discussion and wider debate in uh uh i mean in media or elsewhere and which i think these projects have whether it's air quality or uh, uh, or uh, uh, hate crime yeah. and now uh, we're doing something similar with protest watch which you should check out oh we will and uh, go in the last a uh, question not a question actually but uh, could you give some advice to data journalists in india yeah i you know i'm i think first of all i'm not the right person to give advice because this is something that we are uh, still in the early stages of learning and adapting yeah i think the little that we've learned is that data is very important it's very powerful mm-hmm. it's equally important to make it simple and accessible and consumable for everybody and that's one reason why we started the india fact quiz is to yeah. say how do we make it uh interesting and engaging uh mm-hmm. for uh the wider audience and younger people particularly across the country and and uh, to that extent i would say that yes i mean you know uh, use data as much as you can in your stories but also keep it simple mm-hmm. and hopefully um, uh you know we will uh, together uh, improve the quality of public discourse and make this a better country for all of us um and data will will, will and would have played an important role in it All right. Okay then. Uh thank you so much for your time Govind. It was thank lovely so talking. Thank you so much. Thank you for reaching out. I okay. appreciate this uh, opportunity. All the news laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.